0: Welcome to the Heart of Money podcast, where we discuss the impact that money has on every area of our lives, and where you can learn to make smarter money decisions. Join in our conversation as we discuss our past experiences, talk about how to make better money management choices, and in the end, make a commitment to being weird. Hi folks, I'm Austin Black, your show host. This is episode number four of The Heart of Money. And today we're going to take a two-part series and talk about how money works. I'm going to join my co-host Bob Wessler to get a little philosophical, you might even say, as we've talked about our stories, we've talked about our past experiences, and now we're going to dig into our beliefs, our philosophies, and what we've seen in the way that money actually works. Because a lot of people, as we're going to talk about, have different perspectives of money. Some people see it as a tool, some people see it as a means to an end. Some people see it as just an object or or an opportunity. Um, and there's a lot of different opinions out there, a lot of different perspectives on money. But it's important to understand how money works, what it can do, what it can't do, in order to make the right choices for yourself and for your family and for your goals and your visions and your dreams. So today we're gonna take the first part of this uh this conversation And just really dig into uh, what money actually does, how you can respond to what Bob's and my perspective of money actually is, how we treat money, how we handle it, and what we have seen um, kind of culture and society do with money. So let's jump into my conversation as Bob and I dig into how money works in part one of this series. (sighs) Well man, here we are and we we kind of we got a little ahead of ourselves last week as we were gonna jump in and start talking about budgeting, (laughs) but you and I decided that there's more important things to be discussed about money before we start talking about how to handle it. So I'm excited to dig into kind of what I call the meat and bones of um, of everything. And you know, we've shared our stories and now we get to just talk money, talk about the heart of money and and uh, what it does in our lives. I was thinking ahead of time, you know, how to approach this episode, because we're going to talk about how money works. And Mm -hmm. I think that we already kind of hit some things in the first couple episodes that we're going to maybe hash out a little bit here. Uh, One of those, you know, in the very first episode, or let me back up a little bit, I guess. I think a lot of times, and tell me if you agree or not, That people see money as something that they work for, make, and earn, and therefore get to use, spend, whatever, in whatever way that they want to. That's what money is to them. Would you agree with that, or do you have kind of a different perspective?
1: I think that's one perspective. I think another perspective is either you have it or you don't. Um, Yeah. Just from the standpoint of you're making money and you have money to do whatever you want with, or you're making money and you you don't have money to do what you want with, um, or you don't have money at all. Um, it just isn't coming in. In some cases you're not working. You got laid off. Um, you got to find something better than what you're doing now that makes more money. Um, so, yeah, I would say that there's one aspect of it is that I made it. I deserve to spend it the way I want to. But then the other hand is either you have it or you don't have it.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point, too, because there's this big, I don't want to call it separation, but you see a, a big difference in abundance versus scarcity mindset. I think that kind of feeds into to your comments oh, yeah. there of either you have it and you can use it and it's life's good. and Everything's great. Or you don't have it. So you can't do anything and you're never going to have it. That's just the way it is. And there's always kind of this, I'm, I guess you, you could say separation because you either have one perspective or the other. We'll talk about that more just in, in our next couple episodes as we get into mindset stuff. Um, but you're right. You either have it or you don't. If you have it, you get more of it. If you don't, you don't get any more of it. It's just kind of the, the cut and dry of the way that it is. Um, you and I, on the very first episode, we, we had a couple of, well, we thought maybe were differing opinions on what money was or how you responded to it. And I, I want us to kind of discuss that a little bit more. You said that that money was a tool. I said it was mm-hmm. a living, breathing thing. So let's kind of dig in and, and let's talk about maybe what's similar and what's different in those perspectives. Um, and why we have those perspectives. I'll let you start.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I'm thinking, okay, how is it a living, breathing thing? And, you know, go back to the grade school. This is how money money is made and how it's printed and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I see money as a tool from the standpoint of, like you said, when you make money, you have money, then it is your responsibility. Yes, I used a big R word, responsibility to use it in the way that is best fit for you and your family or for you if you don't have a family or in preparation for a family, however your situation is. But it is a means to a goal of some sort. Um, It's not something to be hoarded. It is not something to make a prize in and of itself and how much you have. Uh, I think, Biblically speaking, um, in fact, Proverbs 27, you know, don't brag about tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You talk about uh, Jesus saying the man who had multiple uh, barns and he was going to buy more or he's going to build more. And uh, he was called a fool because that night his everything he owned was going to be taken from him. And not that it was taken from him, but his life was taken Um, so he, in essence, made those for other people. There's another verse that is, and I don't know if this is Proverbs, it probably is, um, money can spread wings or sprout wings and fly off, be gone as quickly as it came, it's gone. Um, Mm -hmm. so our job is to be a steward of what we earn or what we receive, whatever the case may be, um, and how we in turn use it grow it, um, provide for others, either in our family or in the community, uh, there's a great responsibility that comes, uh, with each dollar.
0: Yeah. And I love that word. Not many people do, but I do because, um, great things happen whenever we embrace responsibility bad things happen whenever we neglect responsibility. And I think if we want to attain success and if we want to do the very best in our life, we have to assume some level of responsibility. We can't just expect things to fall into our lap, to be given to us or to happen wonderfully because we're some really cool person that works hard and takes care of his family. It's more than that. And I think, I mean, none of us, always like responsibility. (laughs) I sometimes get tired of being an adult and being a parent and having to go work. And I just want to go hunt and, you know, have fun, ride my horse, (laughs) do whatever I want. (laughs) But if we are not responsible, we don't attain success in my opinion. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think that gets into the whole budgeting that we'll talk about later (laughs) and having a plan and being responsible with those dollars and allocating where they need to go because if you don't have a plan for that money it disappears and it disappears pretty quick
0: yeah and so your your point there that's kind of of why i have this perspective of living breathing because i know a lot of people like we said before they see money as something that they make and they spend and they either have it or they don't and it's just it's a thing, right? It's, it's and so in some cases, it's an objective. In some cases, it is a enablement. I said it in a good phrase because like you said, if you have it, you can do more things. In some cases, um, it is, um, can present some challenges because you maybe do things that you wouldn't normally do if you didn't have money. There's, there's so many different variations you can look at what people do with money. But to your point, Whenever you have money, the reason I say that it's living and breathing is it will do exactly what you tell it to do or what you don't tell it to do. Meaning, if hmm. you take that money and you go invest it, that money by itself is going to make more money with with you know the way that the market works. If you take you, that, you money hope it and does. You spend it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. As long as the market's good, right? You're, you're going to make money. You know, more times the longer than I you am. leave it in there. Yeah. And and, and to that point, I mean, yeah, you're going to lose some money because again, that that money shifts and moves and goes. So yeah, you're not always going to make money, but you do not have to go work to increase the interest on that money. That money earns interest because of where you put it and what you're making it do. The same time, if you spend that money, then that money has now bought you something that you can use in whatever regard, if it's groceries or a vehicle or whatever the case is. And if you put that money in the savings account, it's going to stay there until you take it out. So that money does exactly what you tell it to do or what you don't tell it to do without you having to do anything beyond tell it what to do or what not to do, right? That money is not going to go earn interest if you don't put it into the investment account. That money is not going to automatically go and buy stuff unless you go and buy it. But once you do that, you have now given that money power to do what you have told it to do. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. It does. Um, I want to put a caveat on your comment about investing from the standpoint of you don't put money in investments until it's something that you're willing to take a loss on. So you know that's not the first thing you do with your money is go invest it. Um, right. When I was in banking, I had a customer that had a house and he was taking out a home equity loan to uh, put the money in the market. That is not, that's not a wise way to make your money work for you. Um, It it just, if he won, if he lost, whatever it was, he was taking money from one spot, putting in another, and he was having to pay interest on The home equity at the same time, he could be gaining or losing. And it could be that he lost on the investment side and he was still paying interest. And so he's taking a double whammy. So um, investing is good if you have a job that has a 401k and you take that money pre tax and you put it in investments and it's going to sit there for 20, 30 years, whatever it is, as long as you're rolling that money over if, and when you leave that job, you know, that was a conversation we had before that I had two or three jobs that I just took it out and took the penalty that was not smart. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the longer you have that money to sit, the chances are much more likely that it's going to grow over time versus the volatility and the swings, um, of the up and downs of the market. So you win, you lose long-term vision outlook. It's going to be there and grow for you. Um, You made a comment to the extent of telling it what to do, where you're putting it. Again, I'll go back to the thought that you have to have a plan before you start putting that money someplace um, in order for it to work for you. Um, Again, it goes back to a budget. What are you spending? Where are you spending it? Why are you spending it? And is it being used for the best possible purpose? You know, I always love the example of a $2 red box, you know, and we're a little bit past red box at this point, but they still (laughs) exist. The $2 red box that um, if you don't return it in two days, you're paying $4 for that red box. And again, when I was in banking, I saw cases where people went and bought that or rented that $2 red box and then they got an overdraft fee on it. So they would have been better off to buy it at $39, the $37 fee plus the $2 rental than to not have the money for it in the first place and not get it back when they should have. So that's just one example of not using your money wisely and not telling it where you want to go. I guess you did tell it where you wanted it to go, but you weren't responsible on the backside of it to not, let it get away from you.
0: Yeah, and and going back again to the R word, but that that is what it takes to tell your money what to do the correct way. You know, I, I don't want to don't want to rag on the younger generation because you and I are both there. <clears throat> we both made our fair share of mistakes, but I do see more and more people, and I guess regardless of what age it is, I mean, they can be as old as us. They can be as young as you know, teenagers these days. And you see them buy stuff or see them, you know, make financial decisions. You're like, why? You know, to, to, to us, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. You know, what they buy, what they spend money on, what they don't spend money on. Um, I mean, honestly, there, there are people that I know that they've gone out and they bought a camper, they bought a truck, or they bought a Ford. They bought all these these things that you know that they have worked hard and they probably have the money to maybe buy it outright, but more than likely they have used some form of debt to go buy it. Regardless though, the money that they are putting towards those different things, I ask myself, what's their future going to look like? Because I purposefully have not gone out and bought a four-wheeler or a nice truck or a camper or a nice boat or any different things like that. I am investing into retirement. I do have an emergency fund, and I know what my future will look like. And I don't want to be judgmental, but I do find myself asking just asking that question of how is that affecting their future? I hope that they are successful enough that they can do that and still be doing these other things because that's great and I and that's wonderful for them. But I just I had this element of doubt that that is the case. And like I said, regardless of what age it is, and they may be even as old as us. And instead of saving money towards retirement, they are going on nice trips or they're getting nice vehicles or they are just doing fun hobbies. Um, And I'm kind of rambling here, but just I always have this question because I have seen how money can be spent or saved or invested or just managed in a certain way based upon what responsibility we take on. And I think your point there about you'd be better off to have have spent the money that you didn't have to get the item, then put yourself in that position. of now I didn't really get to enjoy and I still don't have the money.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't think it's a generational thing at all. I think it is a maturity thing. I think, and I think it's also a lifestyle choice and not just the lifestyle choice of the person that you see doing whatever with that money. It's the lifestyle that they were brought up with or the lifestyle they weren't brought up with. Um, There are so many aspects where, again, I get back to money is the tool and where you say it's going to do whatever you tell it to do. Um, Somebody that grew up that didn't have a lot that all of a sudden gets a a good paying job. And I think this goes back to your other comment about, you know, where you get to, I have the money, I'm going to spend it the way I want to, and you can't tell me what to do with it it doesn't matter. That's that person's choice on how they want to spend their money. And they're going to reap the benefits or the downfalls of how they spend that money. Um, you know, there are people that buy brand new cars, brand new boats, whatever things that depreciate quickly. There are other people that buy that boat after it's depreciated, or buy that car after it's depreciated. And, you know, like in my case, you drive something for 10 years and right. you still don't want to give it up because you could probably drive it for another 10. But yep. um, I think it's how money being spent is modeled. And I think this also goes back to the way I was raised that I saw two different parallels in how my parents used money. Um, and you really, it, it's not a judgment thing. From the standpoint of people are going to spend the money the way they want to or the way they need to, depending on their situations or depending on how they were raised or not raised. Like I said, you know, somebody that didn't have a lot of money comes into money and they spend it because they didn't have that growing up or whatever the case may be. On the other hand, you have people that had money and then don't have money because they're in a job that doesn't provide that but they're still living a high lifestyle that they can't afford. Um, it really isn't about how we see other people. It's how we manage ourselves. Um, you can't keep up with somebody that looks like they have it. You know, the so much cooler online, whatever they're posting about their vacations, right. their cars, whatever <clears throat> they could have paid for it outright, or they could be up to their eyeballs in debt. You don't know when that's not really a conversation you have, unless it's your best friend or maybe even a family member when they come to you more than you pushing it on them. I can't believe you did that, you know, because there's no other way to come across other than judgmental in that conversation. Um, Right. You made a comment about what people are spending their money on. And it made me think of the book originally, uh, the millionaire next door. Now it's the next millionaire next door, which is, (laughs) the new book by um, the author's daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's still the same guidelines. Millionaires. And in some cases, they're buying stuff long-term, brand new. They're keeping it for, you know, forever. Not necessarily, maybe 10 years, 20 years, whatever the item is. But they're making purposeful purchases with the money that they have. But nine times out of ten, that millionaire didn't get to be a millionaire by buying the brand new stuff they bought you know the the used car they socked their money away instead of spending it. They didn't you know it, even you as an example, being able to pay off your house as a purposeful or an intentional way of this is where I'm allocating my money, and this is my goal, and by doing this looks what happens. Sooner rather than later, I have more money that I don't have to put towards interest. It is now in my hands and I'm able to do other things with it. Um, I think the idea of seeing people, the haves or the have-nots, I think in general, like we've said before, we're in a consumer society. Whatever you buy is not going to satisfy you. There's always going to be something bigger, better, newer. Hey. Apple, the best way to not sell your current product is by saying that the Apple 13 or whatever is out now, there's a better one coming next year. And probably not the best marketing move to say, Hey, don't, (laughs) don't buy this one. We got one better coming. Um, but in all honesty, is that a truth in advertising thing? Because the next one is going to be bigger, better, and (laughs) if if you don't buy it now and you wait until you have the money to buy it later, in the case of Apple, you might not have the money to buy it later because of how much, (laughs) how expensive they are. Um, $900 computers. Again, it's a lifestyle thing. Yeah. But, um, I, I think it's just how we were raised. I think it's how, again, we see how to, or not to spend money. We each have, things that are impressionable upon us throughout our lives that make us think differently about how we use money. Um, And and I'll get off my soapbox so I can take a breath and you can tell me where I'm wrong.
0: I really appreciate your comments about managing yourself. I admittedly, I don't judge, but I notice the things that other people have where they, where they tend to spend money or time. I just, you know, I observe it. And yeah, there's probably a part of me that makes um, my own perspective based upon what I know about that person. But you're exactly right in that we cannot judge how someone else spends their money. We have to manage how we spend our money. And I think that the, the main takeaway for <clears throat> this whole conversation is acknowledging what other people do or don't do and applying that to your life in a sensible manner, realizing that, okay, if you have the money and you want to go out and you want to get a four-year-old vehicle, when you've been driving 10 and 15 year old vehicles like you and I have, that's a big stinking upgrade. That's going to probably cost 10,000 more in a car than we've ever spent. (laughs) Right. If you've got the money, yeah. Then by all means, that that is just fine. You know, if, if you want to, um, to go on a nice trip after you have your house paid off, we get to go to Nashville in February do our debt free screen, We're gonna have a big family trip. That's gonna be a big, you know, a big deal for us. So stuff like that, from the outside looking in, you know, no one knows the situation. No one can assess it fully. We can have mm-hmm. our ideas. But I think you and I both agree that the bottom line of this is you don't do what everyone else is doing, but you look at what other people are doing and you make your decision according to what mm-hmm. you know, what is smart, how your money works. Do you have the money? Do you, do you want to invest it? Do you want to live a lower lifestyle so you can have more money to save and invest? Do you want to go make more money so you can spend more money? Because, you have done well, and you're successful, and that's how you enjoy life. You know, I we, we have to mm-hmm. be very conscientious about viewing what other people do compared to noticing, acknowledging, understanding, and applying our own principles and our own morals and um, ethics and understanding to our money. And maybe we do get to do some of the fun things that everyone else does because we have the money to Maybe we don't do it because we are waiting for something else, or maybe our version of fun and success is having, you know, a quarter of a million dollars in the bank and a paid for house and enjoying our family time more and not having to work so much. Who knows, right? Well, there you hear Bob and I discuss the, the philosophical idea of money and really... How we make different spending decisions, how we approach money, the way we look at it, the way that we handle the way that we manage it, and how you know each of us have a different perspective, a different approach, and the important thing um, is to you know just understand those elements um we're going to talk more next week about the consumer attitude and how we kind of fall into this want and spend and need mentality. And it may or may not be accurate, um, but I'm really excited for that conversation as we bring part two in next week. Um, in the meantime, be sure and check out the free training I have at freedommoneycoach.com slash training. It's a free webinar where I'm going to walk you through the three secrets to achieving financial freedom for your family. And we've had some great response to this, has some amazing um, conversations with people, uh, just really discussing what I've experienced, what I've been through, and what I have learned is a a proven process to have more security, more freedom, more control over your finances. Uh, We talk about being weird, and I'm going to tell you how to be weird in that training, in a good way, of course. So check it out, freedommoneycoach.com slash training. And folks, we'll see you again next week on part two of this conversation.